If you're into designer furniture and you want the sofa that broke the internet, you don't have to go broke to get it. Because Designer Looks Furniture has all the same styles and trends and all the quality, but without the designer prices. Check them out. Designer Looks at American Signature Furniture or designerlooks.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Fantasy Football Addicts Podcast. My name is Mung. Hey everyone, it's Los, and week three is almost in the books here. We just have one more exciting game for the week. Washington at our Chicago Bears. How's your week going so far, Monk? Uh, hit or miss. I scored, uh, you know, close to 180 points in one league, but then, of course, in another league, I'm going to lose to a guy who started Antonio Brown and Jimmy Graham, who combined for zero points, so there's that. Oof. Yeah, that's, that's tough. There's not much solace you can take in that one gee that's that's rough oh boy no it's uh you know such as fantasy and uh all we do is we move on and we hope for a win in week four so um if you guys are listening to this and it sounds a little funky it's because super producer dan is otherwise occupied this week so we are recording uh that is los and i who are both bad with technology are recording over skype on our own that's right. Dad's gone. The kids are here running the asylum. The kids are playing, throwing uh, spitballs at each other. We'll see what happens. I don't know. This might this this may never see the light of day. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, but uh, you know, if it goes well, uh, maybe Dan will get Nick Foles. Oh yes, yes, sir. <laughs> just uh, just get uh, you know uh, uh, what's the, what's the keyhole? That's the old pirate word, right? We'll keyhole him. I have no idea what you just said. I've never heard that word before in my entire life. Where's all the rum going? Ah, well, all right. Um, so today we are going to try and wrap this up quick so we can watch our Chicago Bears. Bear down. Duh, Bears. And, uh, it, you know, it's kind of sad because uh, Daniel Jones already has more passing yards on the year over Mitch Trubisky. Oh, don't say it. Oh, don't say it. Ah. Uh, oh, God. So hopefully, you know, and I'm, I'm not, sure that guy in Carolina does too, right? <laughs> Very likely. Um, yeah. But, I, you know, I'm not panicking too much yet on Trubisky. You know, Green, Green Bay's defense looks legit this year. And then, of course, they faced a tough Broncos defense. So we'll see how he does against Washington tonight. Hopefully pretty well. Um, but speaking of Daniel Jones, that brings us to our Gillette Close Shave of the Week. And this week, it turns out that you can spell elite without Eli, as Daniel Jones got his team <laughs> win in his first career start, even without Saquon Barkley for much of this game. Jones was poised under pressure despite the Giants trailing by 18 points at the half. The rookie quarterback went to work in the second half, finishing the game with 336 yards, two touchdowns, and no interceptions through the air. And he rushed for another 28 yards and two touchdowns, including the game-winning score. Even though Jones lost two fumbles, uh, the Giants were able to squeak through with a win, with the Buccaneers kicker Matt Gay missing on his 34-yard field goal attempt uh, to win the game with four seconds left. Get your close shave like Daniel Jones and the G-Men with Gillette. There's the best for every man. Get $3 off your first order when you create an account using the code WELCOME3. And try Gillette's new heated razor, providing comfort with every stroke. I like that transition. The G-Men, the man, best for every man. Daniel Jones is the man. And that'll take us into Thursday Night Football. Their NFC East rival, if you want to call them as such, they both 
pretty bad right now. Uh, I don't know if they're rivals of anybody right now. The Philadelphia Eagles at the Green Bay Packers. Philadelphia gets the short week to prepare for Green Bay. Both Deshaun Jackson, uh, well, Deshaun Jackson and Elshon Jeffrey missed this game, and I don't know if they're going to be ready uh, by this game time on Thursday. If they're not, this team will continue to be in a bit of trouble. Against Detroit at home, Carson Wentz managed a solid enough day, but it was certainly not pretty. He's a back-end quarterback at best this week in Green Bay. Nelson Aguilar led the team with 12 targets, 8 catches, 50 yards, and 2 touchdowns, including one with a very improbable double spin move, making the defense just look sort of asleep there. Uh, Zach Ertz was fine four catches, 64 yards. Dallas Goddard had a touchdown pass clang off his hands, and he finished with no catches despite no other wide receivers being around. And the running backs continued in the committee. Uh, Miles Sanders had, had a nice 40-yard catch and run, but had some more fumbling issues. He's a running back three, and I would avoid Jordan Howard despite the touchdown and Darren's, uh, as well as Darren Sproles. Uh, Sanders may start to take over as the season continues. Don't drop him. Um, in fact, he's probably a decent buy low against what should be another down week against the pretty good swarming Green Bay defense. I think, uh, you know, the running backs could actually have a decent week here. Uh, you know, Green Bay did struggle against containing the run with Philip Lindsay rushing for two touchdowns. Uh, I think if anything, that defense might be better against the pass. Um, in which case, you know, it's really going to come down to the health of these wide receivers. It sounds like Alshon Jeffrey may be more likely to return this week than Deshaun Jackson, but I, I certainly don't love Wentz uh, as you have him uh, as a back end QB one. I do too on the short week at Lambeau. Um, and as I mentioned, I think Jordan Howard can, uh, you know, punch in a short touchdown. I like Sanders as a low end running back too, as the quote unquote starter. Um, but I don't mind Howard as an upside RB three or flex play this week. And if anything, you know, Philadelphia might run more against this defense to help Wentz out given the starting receivers uh, potentially missing. Uh, and just a real quick uh, non-fantasy related clip. I don't know if you saw the news clip from this weekend out of Philadelphia, but there was a fire and they interviewed a man who helped save some kids. And he told the reporter that his friend was throwing the kids out of the window and he was catching them, unlike Aguilar. So oh, oh, <laughs> a, a big burn there. Uh, certainly uh, Eagles fans remember that drop touchdown against Atlanta that could have won the game. Uh, Aguilar here remains a flex play with upside, but I wouldn't, much, uh, I wouldn't expect much this week against that tough Packers pass defense. Green Bay gets the short week on the other side of the football to prepare for the Eagles, but the defense should be ready for them at home. Uh, Long has been looking pretty smart here with his Aaron Rodgers avoids, um, but this is a no-doubt week for Rodgers here at home versus that Philadelphia secondary. Good against the run, bad against the pass. He has legitimate quarterback one overall. That's right, I said that. Upside. Devontae Adams will get back on track here. Don't be worried. Aaron Jones scored two rushing touchdowns versus that Denver defense, but was otherwise limited to 10 carries, 19 yards, with Jamal Williams getting 12 carries for 59 on his own. Uh, both will see a tough day versus that Philly line, but Jones should be a solid running back, too, with that passing game work. Uh, honestly, Jamal Williams is worrying me here. I, I don't know about these coaching decisions that keep happening in Green Bay. I guess we should have just looked at the Matt LaFleur script last year in Tennessee and saw that it, it ruined 
whatever these running backs had to offer. Um, Geronimo Ellison may have a big week here, but there are so many white receivers outproducing him at this point. I would probably drop him here. Uh, Montel Vontavious Porter? Nope. No. Montel? Nope. Marquez Valdez-Ketling let the team with uh, nine catches, 10 targets, 99 yards, and a touchdown. Every time I see MVS, I think of MVP, who was a wrestler in WWE in the mid-2000s. Montel Vontavious Porter. Gosh. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're you're kind of close. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, no, but yeah. We can, uh, you know, we can just go with uh, MVS. How's that? I think that's what I'm going to do. Yeah, that's <laughs> safest. But uh, I, I got to say uh, thank you. Thank you very much for uh, recognizing my avoids on Aaron Rodgers the last yes, couple sir. weeks. Yes, um, sir. Like I said, though, uh, I, I do um, – I do think he's better for Green Bay to win games than he has been in fantasy thus far. Uh, but I, I 100% agree with you this week that he should be started. Uh, I've got him as a mid-range QB1 with huge upside, as you said. Um, could certainly be the overall QB1 against this rough-looking Eagles secondary. Uh, and, you know, I, I didn't I didn't like Devontae Adams last week either. Uh, had a rough week against Chris Harris. But, uh, you know, fly Adams fly this week. Um, I like him a lot. <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, the running back usage is a little concerning, but the important thing is Jones is getting those red zone touches. So I, I do still like him as a running back too. Um, Mark, uh, Mark, now you've got me confused. Uh, Mark Scantling uh, as a high upside wide receiver three or flex this week. Uh, and I don't think you have to drop Geronimo Allison. I think there's going to be games where they trade off big games, but, uh, Certainly, uh, you know, you're not going to trust him in shallower leagues, but he can be an okay flex play given the matchup this week. Uh, but you certainly can drop Jimmy Graham. Uh, that, that's who you definitely oh, yeah. can. Um, and, you know, I, right now I've, I've got the Packers at home. Uh, you know, Jair Alexander's been playing really well. Uh, maybe I'll change my mind on the off chance that Deshaun Jackson's back for this game, but that doesn't seem likely. Um, you know, Alexander, just a quick note from the Broncos game, actually shadowed Emmanuel Sanders for a lot of the game and didn't allow any catches on three targets to him. So this defense is good. Um, they should be started also in fantasy. Uh, all that said, give me the Packers at home. I unfortunately am picking the Packers at home as well. Sunday noon, Tennessee goes to Atlanta. The Titans barely move the football versus Jacksonville. The the passing game is just awful. Uh, Derrick Henry salvaged his day with a touchdown and remains running back two here versus Atlanta or at Atlanta. Unfortunately, Dean Lewis was on the field a ton in the second half um, with Tennessee down. But fortunately, Atlanta isn't exactly throwing bunches of points on the board at this point in the season. Uh, if Henry has any passing game involvement here he has a decent shot at running back one stats this week um that's probably wishful thinking but it is a thought delaney walker is a tight end one after another nine targets he's looking like the best bet on this team by a long shot right and how much longer until we get to see ryan Tannehill? uh personally i think it's long past due for the titans to just move on and you know accept failure on this marcus mariota experiment um very much the same as last week's podcast who who do you really feel good about starting outside of walker and henry um walker got his garbage time should be another check down option again here good for that back end tight end one production and you know derrick henry continues to be a high-end rb3 here or flex play as long as he can keep that touchdown streak going but uh, without much involvement in that passing game i don't love henry in a game where atlanta should have the lead for a lot of this 
Yeah, just ugly. Uh, Atlanta will be have to be back home here after another loss this season. Freeman was fine with almost 100 combined yards, but look for a tough day here versus Tennessee. Uh, Edo Smith left this game with concussion, which should uh, keep the ball in Freeman's hands here a bit. Uh, Freeman's a back-end running back, too, with some, uh, let's call it middling upside. I'm not that optimistic. Julio's a must-start. Another day of eight for 121, uh, 128, and a really nice touchdown over the cornerback. And just as I proclaimed my belief in Calvin Ridley, he turns in a one-catch day to Mohamed Sanu's six for 75. Uh, not sure what to do that there. I still believe in Calvin Ridley. Austin Hooper had a rare two-touchdown day. He is a must-start back-end, nice floor, tight end one. Any touchdowns he scores on a, are a bonus on top of what should be tight end one production regardless. Um, Ridley and Sanu are flexes. Yeah, uh, Hooper's certainly one of the more reliable low-end tight end ones outside of the top guys. And, you know, this Titans defense isn't a pushover, but I do like Ryan as a low-end quarterback one here. Um, as you said, Ito Smith, questionable with that concussion. Uh, he may miss this game, but even so, I, I think I like Freeman even less than you. Um, I would mm. temper expectations here. A lot of people might think that with Smith out, Freeman could be a workhorse, but I think the more likely scenario would be that the Falcons would activate Brian Hill to take that 1B role uh, that Ito Smith has been playing. So um, I don't know that Freeman would be a workhorse even if Smith were to miss this game. And then there's the fact that Tennessee has yet to allow a 100-yard rushing game to a running back or a rushing touchdown. So just not a whole lot of upside. Um, I'll take the Falcons at home, but I, I think this will be a fairly close game. I agree with that. Low game, home Falcons. New England at Buffalo. Uh, the Patriots face their first defensive challenge on the road here versus Buffalo this week. A lot depends on the injury report here. Uh, Belichick will be smart with his players in a game that unfortunately doesn't really matter on the road. Um Three games up on the, or you know, three and zero already. He doesn't need to blow out Buffalo, and the defense will probably beat Josh Allen on its own. If Edelman remains injured, I'd avoid him here. Uh, Brady may be a back end quarterback one here. He seems to be making it happen regardless of who's on the field for him. And they can win behind production. If, uh, short completions to James White, who I expect to be activated this week. Rex Burkett turned some clock with Sony Michelle and connect on a few deep shots to Dorsett and Gordon. There's your game plan. Edelman, the wide receiver three, if healthy. Gordon's a two. Michelle is a backhand one for me this week, despite scaring owners a lot. This game is not going to be a blowout like the other ones where they've had the luxury of just throwing Burkhead out there. I think what's happening, a lot of people are worried. I think really what's happening with Burkhead is these games are out of control. There's no way the Patriots are losing them. There's no reason to risk Sony Michelle's knee. That's the only reason we're seeing so much of Burkhead. Sorry, Mr. And Mrs. Burkhead. They, Belichick just doesn't care if your boy gets hurt before playoff time. Right. Uh, but regardless of the reason, uh, I think we're pretty far apart on the Michelle ranking this week. Um, I definitely don't have him ranked anywhere close to a running back one. Uh, as you said, I do think they are trying to save Michelle for the playoffs. Um, but can you really feel good about starting him against a pretty good Buffalo defense? Uh, you're basically relying on a touchdown from Michelle. Um, I've got him as a high end running back three, low end running back two. Uh, I, I just I don't feel great about him. Even with James White out with the birth of his child this past week, Michelle played just 22% of the snaps against the Jets. Uh, even Brandon Bolden got involved. As you said, uh, you know, regardless of the reason, if they're not going to play him this much early in the season to preserve him, 
I just don't see a huge amount of fantasy upside, especially in this matchup. Um, I, I do think that the Patriots offense could struggle a bit this week in general, especially with Julian Edelman banged up with that rib injury. Uh, it sounds like the x-rays were negative. He is expected to play this week, uh, but you know, maybe he's not as effective. Uh, maybe the defense wins this game for them. So they don't use him a ton and try and, you know, ri- not risk re-injuring those ribs. And for the same reason, I would try and avoid Brady here as just a high-end quarterback, too, for fantasy purposes. He really struggled on the road last year against the Bills. Um, Really, I I have Gordon as a wide receiver three, and uh, really, that's about it. I I don't love the Patriots this week in fantasy. You want to split the difference and call Michelle a 20? A what? A 20? Yeah, make a bet. 20 up, 20 down. Oh, like a top 20 running back? Yes, sir. Oh, man. Uh, no, I won't take the bet because it wouldn't shock me if he punched in a couple of short touchdowns. I just uh, I think that the risk we have is no there. bets this year. Fine. OK. Fine. All right. You, you know what? You know what? I'll take it. I'll, I'll say that Sony Michelle is not a top 20 running back in PPR this week. All right. And I, I will take 20 and higher. The Bills are three and oh, very exciting start to the season for Bills Nation. And this is a week they will need to put up some points. Uh, this will be a real test for the Bills here. Josh Allen remains a quarterback one for me for as long as he's running around doing crazy things. He is now my official quarterback in my uh, in my B League, and I'm loving it. I'm loving the ride. And despite the 14 carry, 76 yards, and a touchdown for Frank Gore, I do not see the point total upside for him this week. Uh, New England is a tough defense to put points on, and he is a uh, run ba- uh, running back three in a somewhat split backfield with TJ Yeldon, who did not do much of anything with his touches. I think he did he lose a fumble or just put it on the ground? I forget. Uh, Bill Belichick will do his best to eliminate John Brown this week, the best player on that offense, so I would avoid him at all costs if possible. Cole Beasley did convert 8 of 10 for 48 yards and has potential to be the team leader in PPR points this week outside of the quarterback. Um, nope, nope, nope. I, uh, <laughs> you know, I like Josh Allen a lot due to that rushing upside, but I do not have him as a quarterback one in fantasy this week. Um, the Patriots have fast enough linebackers to deal with him, both Dante Hightower, um, <laughs> you know, and, uh, oh man, I'm, I'm blanking on, oh, I'm blanking on his name. Who did they get back when, that they traded to Cleveland a few years ago? Oh, um, land. Uh, oh my gosh. Not Landon Collins. Uh, crowd, crowd, yeah. No. Oh, Jamie Collins. Jamie Collins. Collins. I knew it was something Collins. I yes. was close. Um, yeah. I mean, they have the, the personnel to be able to cover the running aspect for Allen. Uh, and obviously, they have the secondary to deal with him in the passing game. Um, I think they'll have a game plan in place to limit his rushing. So I would avoid him as nothing more than a mid range QB2 at best this week in fantasy. Um, and as you said, 94 year old Frank Gore had a great game with uh, Devin Singletary out. Um, if you think he can punch in a t- touchdown, he's a desperation flex play in here. But uh, the Patriots defense has not allowed a touchdown uh, since the AFC championship game last year against Kansas City. And I, I don't know that they'll allow one here. So I, I don't like uh, John Brown, as you said, um, maybe a very low end wide receiver three, maybe not even that. Uh, the only note I'll say here is Dawson Knox is an interesting tight end to monitor. Um, as, as you know, he was the rookie coming into the season. Uh, he got injured during training camp, but uh, he, it looks like he's starting to take over that number one job with Tyler Croft still hurt. Uh, you're not starting Knox this week, but uh, just something to bear in mind since the tight end landscape is so barren this year. 
um, maybe for uh, in the future. Um, you know, just, just say no to uh, teams playing against this dominant defense all season. I think this is going to be a low-scoring game and a challenge for the Patriots offense, but I will take New England. Agreed. The Patriots defense will win the day here. Uh, Kansas City at Detroit. Kansas City uh, won the game the game of the week versus Baltimore, 33-28, to behind 375-3 and for Mahomes. He is the weekly quarterback one and is matchup proof. Sammy Watkins caught five of eight for 64 yards. McCole Hardman saw two catches on five targets, 97 yards, including a big 83-yard touchdown. Very, very nice catch. And, and um, Demarcus Robinson followed up his two-touchdown week with three of four for 43 and a touchdown with a slick over-the-shoulder grab in the end zone. I would feel happy with either of them in the flex. Um, Watkins will probably see a bit of Darius Slay here, but I would call him an upside wide receiver, too, despite all that. The running back situation is a bit of a mess, but it will be cleared up if some injuries heal. If McCoy and Damian Williams are both out, Daryl Williams becomes running back too uh, with with upside for me this week with Darwin Thompson likely seeing some touch to, uh, some touches here as well that just shows that for whatever reason the running back's name does not matter on Kansas City he will produce regardless uh, this week Daryl Williams went nine uh, nine carries 62 yards plus five of five for 47 receiving should be a big game here for Kelsey with Detroit doing fairly well against the run and one top outside cornerback. Right. And, uh, you, you know, you gave me you gave me credit on uh, the, the Rogers call earlier in the Packers game. And uh, I can only give credit where credit is due. Good call on Daryl Williams. Uh, I, I know Thank a lot you. of people kind of wrote him off with McCoy coming in. Um, and I know that Darwin Thompson's kind of a fantasy darling uh, with his preseason performances. But uh, it does look like Daryl Williams would be, uh, you know, the starter uh, if McCoy and Damian Williams are both out this week. Um, it sounds like Williams could be out again with that knee injury. And we'll see about LaShawn McCoy. He left uh, after aggravating his ankle injury. So um, right now, if McCoy plays, I would have him as a high-end running back, too, and Daryl Williams as a flex with Darwin Thompson as just a desperation running back four. Um, but if both Damian Williams and LaShawn McCoy are out, then I would have Daryl Williams as a mid to low end RB two and Darwin Thompson as a flex play. Um, basically you want to start everybody you can on Kansas city because let's face it. Uh, you know, is anybody really going to be that surprised at this point? If Patrick Mahomes throws for 6,000 yards and wins the MVP, uh, not remotely. Yeah, he's shown that he could go down in history as, you know, the best quarterback ever. But yep. uh, either way, you're starting him this week. Um, and I won't get too much into Miko Hardman. I've talked way, way too much about him already <laughs> the last couple of weeks. But just a quick note that he did reach an insane 21.7 miles per hour uh, on that 83-yard touchdown <laughs> against Baltimore. So I, I do prefer him over Demarcus Robinson. But as you said, uh, in this Kansas City offense, uh, both are high upside wide receivers three or flex plays just flying uh the lions stole a nice road win from the eagles here do not expect them to look too great at home here they will need to move the ball against the chiefs a lot which should bump up the offensive output a bit regardless uh, i'm not starting stafford here <coughs> sorry carry on johnson should be a very solid running back two here though he only seeded four carries to ty johnson for his 20 carries this week Marvin Jones led the team with a nice six of nine for 101 yards and a touchdown to Galladay's two of eight for 17. Both are very solid wide receiver two options here with pretty nice upside here. Uh, I probably lean Galladay uh, and TJ Hawkinson let owns down again with another one catch for uh, um, one catch on four targets, one yard 
day. But in a pinch, he has definite upside in this game versus Kansas City, a tight end two with upside. Yeah, and we, we talked about how how tough it is for rookie tight ends to contribute consistently. Uh, but as you said, this matchup is just a great matchup for any team that faces the Chiefs because they're going to need to throw to keep up. Um, we're going to see that, you know, Hawkinson, uh, you know, is a high upside, high end tight end too. Uh, I actually don't mind Stafford here. Uh, you know, he hasn't been great, but again, just the, the game script that we expect. Um, I do like him as a high end quarterback too this week. And then the Chiefs continue to get gashed by the running game. Three touchdowns for Mark Ingram. So I agree with your love of on Johnson here. Um, it seems like he is starting to get more of the workload as people have been shouting for for forever. So I like him as a mid to high end running back two with running back one upside this week. Uh, they could try and commit to him. Uh, you know, keep pounding that ball, run the clock, and try and keep Mahomes off the field as much as possible, right? So... You know, I know, I know Matt Patricia is supposedly this defensive mastermind, but I don't know how anyone could bet against Kansas City until we see someone successfully slow down this offense. And that may not be until they play Minnesota in November. So give me the Chiefs. You won't see me do it. Give me the Chiefs. Oakland at Indianapolis. Oakland had a very tough day versus uh, versus those Vikings. Basically copy my notes from last week. But Jacobs is a back-end running back, too, who unfortunately is not seeing much passing work. Coaching did come out and say that they're going to try and work him in a little more. Hopefully that is the case. Tywell Williams is a wide receiver, too, if healthy. And Darren Waller is a must-start tight end. 13 targets, four, sorry, 13 catches, 14 targets, 134 yards this week, maybe finds his way into an end zone. Tyrell Williams had a touchdown here despite only three uh, three targets after being injured all week. Yeah, and for that reason, I, I don't like Tyrell Williams as a wide receiver too, but I do have him as uh, a mid-range wide receiver three with upside here. Um, that hip injury doesn't seem to be slowing him down too much, but it's more the matchup. Uh, the Colts do have a good defense, uh, though they're not quite as stifling as the Vikings. And as you said, Waller's a top five tight end here. Uh, you're starting him every week if you've got him, given that massive target share. Let's, uh, let's move on to the Colts. The Colts beat the Falcons behind 300 yards and two touchdowns from Jacoby Brissett, who continues to look really good in uh, good defense matchups. This could be another reasonably nice day for him. T.Y. Hilton left the game after scoring in a third straight game. We will need to see how this week looks for him. Uh, I'm not overly optimistic. They pulled him with a hand, uh, with a quad strain, and uh, his quote was, they just wanted to take him out to make sure he didn't tear the muscle. Like, okay, well, that's hopefully he doesn't do it this week either. Uh, after him, I'm not really starting any pass catchers here. Not that they aren't good or good options, but none are stepping up from a production standpoint with Hilton out just yet. I think uh, I have a sneaky suspicion that in the next couple weeks, we're going to be touting uh, Paris Campbell pretty highly, though. Marlon Mack will be a fine, solid running back, too. He's still getting a ton of work here and uh, quietly, I think, is leading the AFC in rushing yards. Right. Uh, there, there's a lot of dissect here about the Colts. Um, but first, every time we talk about them, uh, I, I crave barbecue. Um, brisket, brisket, you know. Oh, my God. I feel like... <laughs> I feel like, you know, he's missing an opportunity if with that new contract money, if he doesn't invest a little bit into like a barbecue restaurant or branding something with, you know, brisket, I don't know. Bris um, that's brisket. Okay. <laughs> yeah. 
So briskets, briskets, whatever it is. Uh, either way, he's got a high-end quarterback too here. Love him this week. We'll talk more about him on the waiver wire section. As you said, uh, the report that they didn't want him to tear it off the bone or something, that does not sound good. Um, he aggravated that quad injury. Uh, if you saw the the live uh, game, uh, they showed him sitting on the sidelines with a huge bag of ice on his leg. Uh, I'm surprised that President Trump didn't offer to buy that off of him. So a huge with, bag. I didn't <laughs> even know they made him that big. <laughs> right? So with, uh, you know, I, I don't think Hilton's going to play this week. I'm pretty sure he's in the out. I, I doubt anyone wide receiver gets uh, his old target share, as you said. But keep an eye on both the rookie Paris Campbell and Deion Kane. Uh, worth a shot in deeper leagues, uh, especially with Campbell's sub 4-4 speed against this Oakland secondary. Um, I will say, though, I, I like Eric Ebron and Jack Doyle more. Uh, they should get a higher target share with Hilton out. And even though they're splitting a lot of time, I still prefer Ebron. He was one of the guys I liked better than consensus coming into this season. Uh, he continues to get those deeper targets uh, and the red zone targets. So I actually like him quite a bit this week as a low-end tight end one in this one. And you talked about Marlon Mack sneakily uh, leading the AFC in rushing yards. He's a big, big buy-high trade target for me. He had a big week one and then has been fairly quiet since then. But Mack is a workhorse on a good Colts team. He's carried the ball 61 times in three games versus just 16 carries for the rest of the Colts running backs. And even though Mack isn't as involved in the receiving game, he's being utilized enough. He's gotten three targets in each of the last two weeks. So if you can trade for Marlon Mack at running back two prices, uh, I think, you know, it wouldn't shock me if he finishes the season as a top 10-ish running back. Especially with all the trouble a lot of these top 10 running backs, James Conner, Le'Veon Bell, are looking like they're going to have uh, this season. Can't yeah. disagree with you. And now with Barkley out for multiple weeks. Yes, sir. Um, I, I will take the Colts at home here. I agree the Colts should take uh, take one, I think, despite the injuries, fairly handily at home. Uh, L.A. Chargers, Miami Dolphins, uh, talk about a team that won't take it easily at home. Somehow the Chargers can't seem to win games. Uh, they're not going to have the problem this week in Miami, I hope. Uh, Rivers should be a solid quarterback stream if needed here. Eckler, Allen, and Mike Williams all have upside with no defense to speak of from Miami. And don't be surprised if Justin Jackson has standalone flex value here this week. Um, I know the uh, the value on these back end, or you know, the the back end uh, Chargers are not holding up the way people would like them to uh, after a very very strong week one and two. But look for that all to turn around here. Yep, and I know we talked about choking on last week, uh, last week's show. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, yeah uh, that's you know, where you got me. As I said, the Chargers are the original choke artist and still reigning, apparently. Yeah. Um, but, of course, everything looks wonderful this week against these awful Dolphins. Uh, Eckler, uh, love him as a high-end running back, too. But as you said, Justin Jackson, he's been playing more and more snaps. Uh, this past game, 48 snaps for Eckler compared to 32 for Jackson. So it's becoming close to a 60-40 split. Um, that is noteworthy because uh, backups like Rex Burkhead and Tony Pollard uh, this past week have had big, big games against Miami once their team is up by a large margin. So Jackson could have a very nice week here. If you're desperate at running back, he's out there on, in a lot of leagues. Uh, he could be a flex or even better. Um, and certainly for DFS, he's a great play. I'm sure a lot of people will be on him. 
and uh, Rivers should bounce back. Uh, I've got him as a mid-range QB1 with top five upside. And, of course, you're starting Keenan Allen as a top five guy and Mike Williams as a wide receiver three with a big ceiling this week. Not to put you on the spot here, but I have the opportunity to start both of them, both uh, both Eckler as the running back and Justin Jackson as a flex in a league. Would you avoid that for variance opportunity, or do you think that's a reasonable idea? Not at all. I, uh, you know, Justin Jackson has had two touchdowns called back uh, on holding penalties now, so they could certainly both have big days. I know uh, in some DraftKings lineups this past week, I stacked um, Zeke and Tony Pollard, which worked out fine. Really, for redraft, Justin Jackson, it depends on your other options, but uh, he's got high upside this week. All right. Josh Rosen left the game for a bit of a concussion worry. Ryan Fitzpatrick played a bit, played a bit. Rosen came back. None of it really mattered as the offense was held to two field goals, six points. Hang on to Kenyon Drake in case he's traded. And if you have bench room, uh, add Preston Williams for free if he gets through waivers, if you have room. He can be a late-season PPR helper here. 12 targets very quietly in this game, converting very few of them, but uh, 12 targets is 12 targets. Right. And you got to feel bad for Josh Rosen because he had a couple passes that could have gone for a touchdown that were just dropped. Um, So really, he's getting no help. He came from a Cardinals team that threw him into the fire and then dumped him. So, uh, you know, in Dynasty, uh, especially in Superflex or two quarterback leagues, I'd be buying Rosen, uh, but certainly want no part of him in redraft. Um, You know, as you said, maybe in Kenyon Drake gets traded, maybe. Maybe Preston Williams starts getting uh, a little bit more production out of all those targets, but you know, really, you don't want to start either of these guys unless you're in deeper leagues or very desperate. Um, and unless you've been drinking a lot, let's uh, both take the charges here and move on. Let's go Chargers. Speaking of teams that I don't want to start players from, Washington at the New York Giants. Tonight we'll get to see how this offense evolves, if any. But I'm honestly uh, not all that interested. AP, Adrian Peterson, will be a Frank Gore-type fill-in at New York with significantly lower upside with Chris Thompson taking that passing work. Keenum will probably be all right versus the Giants, honestly, but he's still Case Keenum. The Bears may just leave scars on this man's psyche tonight. He may never be the same man again. And uh, I guess Terry McLaurin is a fine upside flex play here in what should be, I don't know, is this going to be a shootout, two bad defenses? And uh, I don't want to call it that. It's going to be gross. Yeah, but, you know, it's it's oftentimes that, you know, like Blake Bortles and Allen Robinson in Jacksonville for so long, yep. uh, you know, even on bad teams, there's fantasy relevance. I like Case Keenum quite a bit um, as long as he survives this game against the Bears. Uh, the, this <laughs> Giants defense just made Jameis Winston look like Patrick Mahomes. So Keenum, I actually think is a great streaming option this week. I cons- uh, I know you like to always start your studs list, but I'd consider starting him in fantasy over guys like Tom Brady and Josh Allen this week. Um, mm. I've got I've got Case Keenum as a high end QB two, maybe even a low end QB one. Um, Terry McLaurin likewise should find success this week. I've got him ranked as a mid to low end wide receiver too. Uh, I, you know he gets so many targets, and this Giants defense is awful. So uh, I actually I don't mind Adrian Peterson as a flex, but we've talked about Chris Thompson before. He's my preferred uh, Washington running back in PPR. I've got him as a high end RB three this week. Uh, we'll talk about him a little bit more on the waiver section as well. And I wouldn't expect too much from Trey Quinn, but he's an upside wide receiver for this week and 
whoever starts a tight end, be it Breed, Davis, or Sprinkle, could have value, but it's going to be tough to recommend any of them unless you're desperate. Um, and on a sadder note, it, it sounds like Jordan Reed's really struggling with this concussion, which he's had many over the course of this career. And at this point, I hope, honestly, I kind of wish he would retire just for his own sake. Agreed. He's been a great player when he's healthy. Um, a lot of fun to watch. And uh, may, may, in a similar vein, we might see uh, a, an early start to the, uh, what's the guy's name? Uh, Dwayne Haskins uh, <laughs> regime or era after the game tonight. Yeah, maybe. Speaking of rookies, the Daniel Jones era started off well with a win on the road in Tampa, despite losing Saquon Barkley in the first half. Hopefully he's okay, looking like he's going to be hitting at least four to six to maybe eight weeks with a high ankle sprain. We'll get more information as things uh, move forward. Wayne Gallman appears to be the handcuff, but I just don't think he's dynamic enough to be very helpful unless you are very desperate at running back, like a high-end running back three, back-end running back two type. But I'm honestly expecting this team to find some help somewhere else, maybe Jay Ajayi. I, I don't know. Um, both Engram and Shepard showed great connection with Daniel Jones here, at least against this awful defense, turning in six catches, 113 yards and seven catches for 100 yards for a touchdown for each of them Engram's a tight end one and Shepard should be an upside wide receiver three if not better uh the loss of Saquon Barkley really changes the look of this offense yeah and Daniel Jones looked really impressive in his first start he's our Gillette close shave player of the week but let's let's not uh, let's not put him in the hall of fame just yet all right uh, this was okay. the first game they almost lost if not for that uh, missed field goal but uh, in fantasy I, I think he's all right he's a mid-range QB2 with upside uh, against Washington here but uh, really as you said him being competent is good news for Shepard and Ingram owners. Uh, Ingram was already a pretty good fantasy tight end, but his ceiling gets even higher now. Um, and I agree that Shepard is a good wide receiver three option this week, maybe even more, as you said. Uh, there does not seem to be an established wide receiver behind Shepard, so I'd probably avoid everybody else right now. Um, sad part, as you said, pour one out for Saquon Barkley's fantasy owners. And, uh, you know, the only thing is if you're three and oh i would do everything i could to trade for saquon barkley right now because this offense should be more efficient with daniel jones now instead of eli uh and it's not like barkley's out for the season he's going to be back at some point so if you're better than 500 uh, you know why not take a shot at him would you agree I agree. Actually, something tells me something about the Saquon Barkley kid is that he's going to be a fast healer, Adrian Peterson style. Oh, you stole the words right out of my mouth. Uh, he looks superhuman on the field. So who knows, right? Maybe yeah, yep, he's back in yep. like four or five weeks instead of six to eight. Um, yep. And, you know, just a quick note, the high ankle sprain, it looks bad because they're in a boot. But uh, Tevin Coleman, who had a high ankle sprain week one, uh, we just heard today that Kyle Shanahan said that he is likely to return after just four weeks. So certainly possible if Tevin Coleman can do it, uh, Saquon Barkley definitely could. Um, I do agree with you that I would uh, I would not go after Wayne Gallman. I'd let somebody else go crazy, uh, bid uh, all their fab, fab dollars on Gallman this week. He's a decent running back three or flex with upside against Washington. Um, but even then, Washington has a decent defensive line. And then looking ahead on the schedule, the Giants play Minnesota and then New England uh, after this week. So do you really want to start Gallman as more than a flex in either of those matchups? Um, and then after that, after those two tough matchups, yeah, he'll get Arizona and Detroit, which are okay. But 
at that point, Barkley could be close to returning. So really, how much use are you getting out of Gallman? Uh, the only time or the only situation, I should say, in which I would really bid a lot for Gallman is if you're one and two right now or oh and three and you're absolutely desperate at running back and you need a win so you don't go oh and four. Um, overall, though, uh, the Giants, uh, Jones looked impressive in his first start, and I think that he will get a second win here. I think that uh, the Giants will win here behind a surging Daniel Jones and a declining Washington Redskins. I, I really think the Bears are just going to change change this team tonight. Cleveland at Baltimore. Cleveland keeps on being Cleveland, uh, laughably, uh, depressingly. This team is in need of some help, uh, help they aren't going to get here against Baltimore. I would avoid Baker Mayfield this week if possible. Call me nuts, but he's, he's fine in my bunch. OBJ and Chubb are auto starts, of course. You can't put their tail on the bench. Um, no tight end to speak of with Joku on the IR, which leaves the question of Jarvis Landry. He compiled nine targets this week, catching just three for 62 yards. He's a viable flex at best here versus Baltimore, but you know that that this defense is tough, and this team is not looking good. Mm, nah, yeah, I just <laughs> I don't love it. Um, of course, the 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 devil's advocate reasoning is that this is a divisional game, and anything can happen there. So. Uh, I, I don't hate your decision to bench Baker Mayfield, though. I, I just don't see a whole lot upside. There's, I don't know what it is, but this offense isn't working. The offensive line isn't great, but the play calling is almost the bigger culprit here. Um, in the interview today, they, uh, Freddie Kitchen said he's he's not, uh, you know, he's not giving away his play calling duties. So uh, I don't think that the Browns are going to panic and make any coaching changes this early, but something's got to change. But uh, until then, I have no problem benching Mayfield. Uh, just a mid to low end quarterback, too, in this matchup. Uh, but as you said, Nick Chubb has been getting a ton of work, especially in the passing game. He remains a running back, two with running back one upside. And uh, as you said as well, you're not benching Odell Beckham. He's been limited by the, the ineptitude of this offense so far. But he's still a low end wide receiver one. Um, eh, Jarvis Landry, I don't even know if he needs to be owned right now until this offense gets more efficient. Um, and Demetrius Harris, uh, I did like him as the backup tight end in Kansas City for a few years. Um, but until this offense gets better, he doesn't need to be owned right now either in normal 10 or 12 team leagues. As for Baltimore, a 20-point game for Lamar Jackson despite uh, two passing touchdowns. Uh, that's the kind of player he is. He he is a must-start quarterback one. Mark Ingram had a huge day with three rushing touchdowns and remains a running back one in this offense. The only thing in the way is uh, if Justice Hill picks up steam later in the year, but that does not appear like it's going to happen anytime soon. Just keep an eye on his workload. He's very talented, but it's been very minimal thus far. Just one carry this week. Gus Edwards is a high-level handcuff here. Mark Andrews was a late add and then subtraction from the injury report this week. He ended up with three for 15. I actually benched him in a league despite him clearing the injury report because of the two other good usable tight ends on the team. I'm not sure if this was a good thought process that worked out that made me right or just because they didn't look his way that much anyways, but it's just something to keep in the mind in the future that Hayden Hurst and Nick Boyle are a large part of this offense. And, you know, Mark Andrews, though looking dominant and must start, they may get in his way if he is injured a bit. Um, finally, Hollywood Brown only converted two of nine targets, 49 yards, a down day, but plenty of targets. He remains a high upside wide receiver too. 
Right. And just something to note that both Mark Andrews and Marquise Brown have played the last couple of weeks, but they have both been on the injury report. So we just don't know how much, you know, Brown with the foot injury, um, or I think both of them are foot injuries, but uh, either way uh, they're playing, but maybe this is limiting them somewhat. Uh, but that said, we saw that both got plenty of targets. Um, Andrews was inches away from a touchdown from a, a, an end zone target. And then Marquise Brown also um, had a few, few throws from Lamar Jackson that were just a little bit too high. So I'm not panicking about either one of these guys. Maybe it was partially the weather. Uh, not exactly sure, but certainly you're not benching Lamar Jackson at this point, as you said. Uh, the only place I'm going to disagree here is um, Mark Ingram. Uh, I don't know that I have him as a running back one. I still see him as more of a high variance running back two. Uh, he got three touchdowns this past week. I don't know that I would expect that again. Uh, yes, he's on a good offense, but Gus Edwards, as you said, is still getting a lot of work, including taking away some of the receiving work. So uh, uh, Ingram, if you have, you're probably not benching him. I just wouldn't expect this kind of running back one production every week. Yeah, uh, he's limping in. It's just you, you got to have 12 running back one somehow, right? <laughs> Yeah, uh, but I think part of it, too, is we saw that the Rams really struggled here on Sunday night. Uh, this Cleveland defense is pretty good, so I, I don't think it's going to be a blowout, per se. No, no way. Um, but I, I will take the Ravens at home here. I will stay on the Ravens as long as I can. Well, I guess not this last week in Kansas City, whatever. <laughs> uh, Car Carolina at Houston. We may have a quarterback controversy in Carolina after a four-touchdown day from Kyle Allen. Is he the next big thing? Uh, no, I'm not rushing out to add him, uh, especially since I think Cam actually gets plugged back into his job if healthy. Ron Rivera is more of an old-school coach, but he's certainly shown that he can beat a bad defense. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, some see, had a great week, and with Saquon Hurt, he may be the clear number one in fantasy right now. Moore and Samuel are upside wide receiver threes, and Greg Olson is a tight end one. Just keep get, keeps getting targets. Right. Uh, just nitpicking. I think McCaffrey and Kamara are both in contention for that one spot, but uh, sure. or, and Zeke and Zeke, of course. Sure. Uh, but certainly, he's a top three guy. Um, as for Cam, you know, I'm holding on to him in a super flex league. Uh, I, I do think he will get his job back. It sounds like he's going to be out for this week. Um, but most of the resources on Twitter, uh, say that Cam Newton's foot injury is not a long-term issue. So he should be back in week five. Um, so definitely not worth dropping in deeper leagues or super flex to quarterback. Um, but I think the, the most encouraging part about Kyle Allen's performance is that if you own DJ Moore or Curtis Samuel or Greg Olson, you can see that even if Cam were to get hurt again later on in the season, uh, you know, it's not necessarily abandoned ship on those guys. Um, although it is worth noting that Arizona is a bottom five defense. So, yeah, he played well, but uh, just uh, worth mentioning there. Yeah, and they do pull the Jaguars next week. So, right after Houston, and and right. one other quick note too is if I had to pick one of the uh, Panthers wide receivers, Curtis Samuel seems to have a bit of a safer connection with Allen. Uh, seven targets versus two for DJ Moore, though Moore's one catch was for fifty yards and a touchdown. Yep. 
The uh, Houston Texans surged in the second half of the game to catch and overtake the Chargers on the road. Watson was magic with 350 yards, three touchdowns, and 18 rushing yards. Really a better stat line than his game looked like. Carlos Hyde was barely usable, a touchdown saving his day. Otherwise, just 10 carries, 19 yards, and not getting it done effectively. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins will look to bounce back here at home. Not a a great uh, two prior weeks here. He's an auto start despite that, unfortunately, and despite Bradbury for Carolina. Fuller is a wide receiver three. The tight ends caught three touchdowns this week. That probably will not happen again this year. No, but uh, on a deep, deep uh, dynasty team where I'm rebuilding, I started Akins and CJ Procise, and I might actually oh beat one of the top teams this week without oh trying to. Oh, my gosh. Uh, fantasy, well, congratulations. Fantasy is a fickle mistress. Um, I'll say that. It's, I'd rather... it's hard. Yeah, it's hard to take for Tua. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. Um, but yeah, you covered it all here. Watson's a mid-range QB1. Hopkins, top five guy, of course. Uh, Fuller, uh, boomer bust, wide receiver three here. Uh, and then, uh, you know, Carlos Hyde, he's not a terrible desperation flex play. He's getting a lot of work on the ground, and they're running all right. So, uh, But that's all we need to say here. Uh, I'll take the Texans at home. I think the pass rush will get it done against Kyle Allen. Going to be a bit of a tougher day for him this week than he had against the Cardinals' vanilla defense. Yeah, I agree. I think Allen loses this one. The uh, Houston's not the easiest play, uh, place for a rookie to play, especially an undrafted one. Sunday afternoon games kicking off with Tampa Bay at the L.A. Rams. Tampa lost one, uh, one late one. Uh, Tampa lost Wow. This is what Dan's here for, huh? Tampa lost one late at home to the Giants, but the offense was clicking. I don't think anyone will doubt Mike Evans again after his eight-catch, 15-target, 190-yard, and three-touchdown day. It doesn't get much bigger than that, although it could, if you noticed. Eight of 15, that's that's about a you know 50% catch rate. Not great. And the Rams' corners are great, but they just don't have the size to manage Mike Evans. Godwin may have a down week here as a wide receiver three against great outside and slot corners oj howard is gonna have better days finally looking alive three catches for 66 yards and for me he's a back end tight end one here i think we'll get a few more looks i'm still avoiding the running back all together this week versus the rams but like i told you hang on to ronald jones he led the backfield here 14 carries 80 yards with a 40 yard catch here to barber's 13 carries for 48 the winds of change are blowing <laughs> Um, yeah, as you said, the the crazy thing is Mike Evans could have had like 300 yards and six touchdowns. Uh, can I just say that I think Bruce Arians is a bit overrated as a head coach because the Buccaneers absolutely dominated in the first half, but then Tampa Bay called run after run in the second half, didn't score a single touchdown. Uh, instead of just airing it out like they did in the first half. Basically, they played to not lose instead of playing to win, and guess what? They lost. Um, And then there's the ridiculous story that Bruce Arians intentionally took a delay of game penalty because, quote, he thinks his kicker is better from longer range than shorter range because he missed some extra points. I don't even know how to explain that logic. I'm not not even going to try. 
Well, but I'm not going to let you just besmirch Bruce Arians like that. He's a very good coach. He knows he had the foresight to take the ball out of Jameis Winston's hand in the second half. All right. May, may, then maybe it was just an overlooked mistake because those were two, in my opinion, dumb, dumb decisions against the bad giant secondary to stop throwing and then to intentionally make a, a longer field goal attempt for his kicker. Well, that was a joke. That, yeah. that was he was kidding he doesn't he that that was just a joke was he though i'm not yes. so sure <laughs> he was joking okay well regardless the play calling in the second half on offense was suspect um but as you said uh mike evans redemption week uh still still like godwin as well despite the the sl- despite the tough day for him i guess um i'm not with you on oj howard though he got more involved against the giants but that's because they don't really have a pass rush uh, against Aaron Donald and this Rams defensive line, though, I would expect him to have to stay in and block more again. I would fade Howard. I've only gotten as a mid-range tight end, too, if that. Mm. Um, and even if he runs routes, uh, the Rams are very good against defending against opposing tight ends. So I, I don't love him regardless. Um, don't love Jameis. Uh, Evans is still a mid-range wide receiver, too, despite the tougher matchup. Uh, but we did see that Odell Beckham struggled a bit. And then I do have Godwin downgraded to a mid-range wide receiver three this week. In fact, I would consider starting Sterling Shepard over Chris Godwin. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, as for the Rams, if you're all that worried about the pass game, this game should ease your concerns versus Tampa. Uh, Goff is a quarterback one. Woods, Cooks, and Cup will all, at the very least, make you very happy as wide receiver twos, each with wide receiver one upside. Todd Gurley, though, is firmly in the running back two ranks right now, especially in a week where this offense should move fairly unopposed through Tampa. Um, we thought we might see an uptick in work for Gerald Everett with Tyler Higby out, but he only saw the ball twice. I guess we can never start Rams tight end. Uh, Malcolm Brown continues to have some value, but certainly is not startable at this point in the season. Yeah, it's it's sad. That's another good call by you in the preseason. I know you were pretty low on Todd Gurley, and right now he he's looking kind of like Sony Michelle, uh, just a yeah. robust running back too. Um, I, I would you agree? I, I'd rather have Marlon Mack for the rest of the season over Todd Gurley right now. Oh, wow. Yeah, I think so. I think I would. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, the big issue, too, is Gurley has not been involved in the passing game. Just four receptions through the first three games. It's I mean, it's too late to sell now because, you know, unless anyone in your league still values him name value, you know, the guy who like remembers the 90s players and doesn't follow current football. Uh, you know, if he if he still remembers Gurley being a hot topic a year or two ago, I'd jump on that trade. But I, I doubt that happens in most competitive leagues. Um, you know, I'm not too worried about golf this week, as you said. Uh, you know, this should be a bounce back game here, even though he threw a couple bad picks against the, a good Browns defense. Um, and then I, I'm kind of coming around on the Rams wide receivers, regardless of who is actually the first read on any given play. It seems like Cooper cup is always Goff's first read um, or yeah. his preferred read. I don't know. Um, I'm bumping them up to a low end wide receiver one. Now I, I think, you know, last year before his ACL injury, I think, cup was something like a top five wide receiver or something like that he was number two yeah i I, it wouldn't shock me if if he finishes as a wide receiver one uh he gets so many targets from goff goff loves him uh 
you know, maybe he's like a Marlon Mack situation where he's being valued as a wide receiver too. But if you can buy for that price, he might finish as a wide receiver one. Yeah, the main concern was him. Uh, w- the main concern was the injury recovery, but he's shown at this point that he's he's phenomenal. Yeah, he looks 110% recovered from that. Um, of course, Brandon Cooks and Robert Woods, they seem to switch off having big games. It's going to be tough. Uh, they're both boom or bust wide receiver twos, but it looks like Cooks is more involved for now. Is that? Uh, but I think that's more matchup dependent than anything. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, they're all wide receiver twos. Don't leave them on your bench unless you have really good options ahead of them. Yeah, and trade for Cooper Cup if you can. Um Yes, sir. Look, the Buccaneers couldn't beat Daniel Jones and the Giants at home. Uh, they're not going to come close to beating the Rams on the road. Give, give me Sean McVay and Jared Goff here. Yes, sir. Give me the Rams. Seattle at Arizona. Like I said, uh, Russell Wilson just gets it done. Two rushing touchdowns that day. He's always a must-go when he's going. Uh, Penny was inactive, and Chris Carson saw almost all the carries here. He's a running back one against Arizona, in my opinion, despite the uh, despite the drop or the fumble. Tyler Lockett gave us a rare 11 of 14, 154 yards and a touchdown. He's an upside wide receiver two against this Arizona secondary. And Metcalf is an upside wide receiver three. Uh, Will Disley just keeps capitalizing on his usage. God bless him. I can't hate, him, hate on him anymore. He has got just as good a chance as anyone to score a touchdown. He's the biggest, uh, tar- well, it's not as big as Metcalf, but he's the biggest and best target they have in red zone type plays with Metcalf being more of that deep threat. Uh, I do think the pass attempts will continue to be limited in games. Seattle can churn out on the ground, but that value may be there. David Moore is back, who could hurt Metcalf and Disley. I'd understand holding off on any of them this week, but David Moore has always just been to me, well, that undrafted wide receiver who just sort of annoys you, bites your ankles. Makes things and makes things bad for you, but don't expect it yet. Um, I like more, but uh, I don't. I wouldn't be too worried about him cutting into Metcalf or Disley's targets. Uh, but Los, uh, if you'll do me a favor, close your eyes real quick. They're closed uh, now. I... Now imagine that the year is 2019. Okay. Uh, you you own or you coach an NFL football team you've reached that peak that pinnacle yeah. uh, and imagine that you're lucky enough that you have a potential future hall of fame quarterback in russell wilson as your mm-hmm. quarterback uh-huh. yes and now imagine that your first thought is man we need to be a power run offense <laughs> we, we gotta run the ball. we gotta uh, <laughs> Look, I, I know that it's easy to be an armchair coach, an armchair coordinator. <laughs> you know, tons of people are, are great at playing Madden, but would not, would flame out of the NFL and don't deserve a shot, whatever it is. But I'm not saying all these guys are smarter than NFL coaches, but I think it's fair to question that a lot of these coaches, you know, making these decisions are still set in a game from even five years ago was very different. Um, before, you know, guys like Chip Kelly, Sean McVay, now maybe Cliff Kingsbury. This is a league where you got to keep up or you're going to get left behind, right? Um, it's just changing, and uh, there are certainly teams that can win with the run game. I think it's still an important part, especially close to the goal line, but you don't have to run on first and second down and then have Russell Wilson bail you out on third and nine, right? Um, I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on this? Just more of a discussion, even not for fantasy, but yeah, I do. And I, 
pretty much disagree with you um, altogether. So the, the, uh, without going too far into this, like the pass, 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 the air raid, quote unquote, which is not effective at all right now, but that's a story for another day. Um, that's not a way to win or play a football game. That's a way to get your quarterback demolished. You need to establish the run. These teams like the Rams, the Patriots are so effective through the air because they hang on to the rushing game. The Patriots run the ball just as much as they're a top five rushing team every single year and not necessarily in yardage, but in attempts, it's important to keep these rushing attempts in to protect their quarterback, to protect your receivers, to keep people up in the box. That's what wins football games. Okay. Sorry. Let me rephrase. Um, I, I think it's important to have a good running game, but to run on first and second down out of, you know, a heavy formation or, you know, every time it's fourth and one fourth and an inch, instead of trying to spread things out a little bit, just trying to punch it up the gut. I, I think that's, I think that's the part that I have a, an issue. Well, with. you can get creative. You certainly, you certainly can gr- get creative with things, but the recipes worked for Pete Carroll for quite some time. Sure. But I think at the same time too, just realizing that the saints defense is so much better against the run than the pass. Uh, you know, you mentioned Belichick and the Patriots always having a top five run game, but you know, when, when the passing matchups are there, they'll throw all day. Well, not all day. <laughs> all right. Um, that's, that's why they have Sony, Michelle, Rex Burkhead, you know, uh, Damian Harris, uh, right. Brandon Bolden, you know, I get, I get on. what you're saying. Um, but I, I, I think we disagree here a little we bit. Do. Um, we do. but and anyway, the silver lining here is, uh, they do have Russell Wilson, right? So when they get and the down, Arizona defense, <laughs> Oh yes, yes. This is, uh, I'm, I'm really excited to watch this game this week. Um, this is, this is kind of like, in my opinion, the Baltimore and Kansas city game of the week sure Uh, not not in that they're both you know going to be top contending playoff teams but that just i think there's going to be a ton of pure offense here um Uh as i said the silver lining to this terrible seahawks defense is that russell wilson returns to that top five elite quarterback status as you said um as long as seattle's going to be in these trailing games or in shootouts uh, wilson's going to be a stud um carson i don't have as a running back one uh, another fumble so I, I think that workload's in danger but uh, regardless of whether rashad penny uh, plays this week with that hamstring injury i think cj Procise um he got a lot more work after uh, carson's fumble and i understand that was a punishment for carson but uh who's who's to say it won't carry over i, I think that Carson's still going to lead this backfield and touches, but uh, one more costly fumble and he may get benched for quite some time. So I've got him as a mid range RB two with upside because of the matchup here. Uh, but I think Rashad Penny should be owned in every league in case uh, Carson does get benched here. Uh, you, you know that I loved Lockett preseason. I've got him as a high end wide receiver two this week, maybe even a wide receiver one in a beautiful matchup. Uh, Metcalf I love as a high end wide receiver three, and then Will Disley, man, he's he's been inconsistent, but Arizona's giving up the most fantasy points to opposing tight ends through three weeks. They've allowed five touchdowns to tight ends already, including two touchdowns to Greg Olson this past week. I've got Disley ranked as a low-end tight end one with huge upside. All right, so uh, let's wow. move on here to the, uh, what is it, to the Seahawks, or uh, no, the, the Cardinals. Cardinals. Yep. 
Yeah, Kyler Murray finally turned on the Jets a bit, rushing for 70 yards, but he showed his youth with two interceptions. He's an upside quarterback, two versus Seattle with the potential for more. Uh, DJ added six receptions and a touchdown to a fairly uh, limited rushing day and remains a running back one here. Fitz is a wide receiver, too, or honestly better until something changes. There's There are not enough slot corners that are good in this game that can keep up with the veteran Larry Fitzgerald. He's been looking like wide receiver one this year. Kirk is a PPR wide receiver three, very solid with the volume of plays that this offense runs. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like I said, I'm really looking forward to this game. Seattle has allowed every quarterback they've played against this year to throw for two touchdowns against them. Um, wow. and, they, and they've allowed a rushing touchdown in each of their last two games. Uh, I love Kyler Murray this week. Uh, as I said last week, I, I started him over Aaron Rodgers, uh, and I'm going to be starting him uh, probably over Rodgers again. I, you know, we both talked about how much we like Rodgers this week, but I just think the game script is going to be here. Um, do you hate that decision? I don't hate it. I think you you can go. It's a good decision to have to make. You're going to go right either way. Okay. I, I like that answer. Uh, and that makes me happy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I like him as a low end QB one, but with possibly more upside than Rogers this week. Um, I, I like David Johnson as well. Mid range running back one. I, I really do think this is going to be a, like a 35 to 30 type win for Seattle. But uh, you know, I like Larry Fitzgerald as a low end wide receiver one this week. Kirk as a low end wide receiver two. Uh, if you're desperate, Damier Bird, he's been playing the vast majority of snaps. He's a wide receiver four uh, with some upside here. So uh, start all your Seahawks, start all your Cardinals. But at the end of the day, in this battle of the birds, I will take the Seahawks. I'll take the Seahawks also. Fun divisional matchup. Minnesota at Chicago. I don't know if this will be a fun divisional matchup. The Vikings rolled the Raiders. Hopefully they hit a roadblock here in Chicago. Dalvin Cook went 16 carries, 110 yards, and a touchdown, plus four of five for 33 through the air and had a touchdown stolen by Alexander Madison. He remains a running back one despite the great Chicago defense with his ability to be used in the passing game. Alexander Madison should not see as many carries at all in this game in which Minnesota should remain closer than the one with Oakland or versus Chicago. The pass attempts for Cousins are staying so low, just 21 this past week, which led to three catches, three targets, 15 yards for Stephon Diggs, three catches, five targets, 55 yards, and the touchdown for Adam Thielen. Diggs is firmly a wide receiver three, and I would seriously consider starting some of these other high option flex about them, DeMarcus Robinson, McCole Hardman, things like that. Um, Adam Thielen is still a wide receiver, too, for me. Decent in the PPR, despite just three catches this last last week. The Bears defense can be weak to the slot wide receiver. Yeah, um, this is the lowest I have Dalvin Cook ranked all year, probably. Uh, normally, he's a top five running back, but I've got him as, still as a low end running back one this week, even against yep. the tough Bears defense. Um, and yeah, we talked last week about Thielen and Diggs that Minnesota just wants to run, run, run. And maybe that's what they'll have to do this week in a low scoring game here. Uh, prefer Thielen over Diggs, but, uh, you know, uh, just a couple quick questions for you. Diggs or Sterling Shepard uh, in week four? Oh, Shepard, easily. Okay. Diggs or uh, Terry McLaurin? <laughs> oh. oh, my God. Um, I got to say Diggs. I, 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 I have to say Okay, but you had to think about it, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's ugly. That's sloppy. 
Yep. And uh, so uh, by the transitive property, uh, Cousins should be benched as well here <laughs> for sure. Uh, yes, sir. Um, because even if even if Diggs and Thielen get some PPR points, uh, break a big one, Cousins might get sacked 10 times. He might throw two picks, something like that. I don't know. Return of the Mac, baby. Yep. Uh, let's move on to the Chicago side. Tonight we get a treat. The Bears on Monday night. Hopefully they don't let us out versus the Redskins. For now, though, uh, I can't start anyone in Chicago. Buy low on David Montgomery. Better days are definitely ahead, but those days will not come against Minnesota and the wide receivers. Anthony Miller will be a little more healthy. That's going to take away from Allen Robinson, but none of them will do much if Trubisky can't do anything. And that boy scares me right now. Yeah, um, not to put you on the spot, but real quick, if you had to guess the score for tonight, what would you do? Bears and Washington. Yep. Uh, Bears 35, Redskins uh, 8. Okay, I would say something like 27 to 16, 13, yeah. something like that. Yeah, let's let's make it a nice round, uh, 24, to, 24 to 12. Okay, um, but I think we we both agree slash hope they will win tonight. Uh, but yep. against uh, against the Vikings, I don't know. This I think it's gonna be a sloppy game on offense from both sides, just trying not to turn the ball over. Um, I could see like a final score of thirteen to nine here, something like that. Uh, Allen Robinson, I, I still like him as a high end wide receiver three if he can get away from Xavier Rhodes for a couple plays here and there. Um, real quick, would you agree that if I had to rank these three for this week i would go Thielen, then alan robinson then stefan diggs yeah i think that's reasonable okay. well, mm, mm, mm. what's mm. <laughs> no i take Diggs over robinson okay he's probably gonna see xavier uh, uh xavier rhodes uh, okay. uh, and and there's just too much too much badness with Trubisky, but don't get me wrong. I see a pick six in Chicago's future this week and a Bears win. Fair enough. Uh, you know, either way, I, I don't love Allen Robinson. Just a mid to high end wide receiver three. Uh, David Montgomery, he's a flex play. If you can punch in a short touchdown, if they can actually move the ball a little bit or maybe get a turnover against the Vikings. Um, uh, as you said, though, I, I don't love either. Uh, I can't imagine starting anybody else uh, outside of those two right you don't want trubisky this week um like i said i'll take the bears some like 13 and 9 yep something like that jacksonville at denver the jaguars knocked off the titans and have a tough road match up here i would avoid dj chark here despite looking like he's taking the reins as the top receiving option on the team i wish i could retake that one denver will stop this pass game here dd westbrook led the team with nine targets and just keep an eye on him if he's unowned in your league i still love the ppr talent but this is a bad bad matchup could be a nice day for lenny fournette he goes another week of not seeding one touch to another running back on the team despite a very tough day against Tennessee. Um, he's an okay running back too here. Yeah. As you said, I love the legend of Minshew as well, but I'd shy away from starting him on the road at Denver. Uh, he's still a rookie. It's going to be a tough game for him. Uh, low end QB two that I'd avoid, as you said too, Fournette isn't a great start, but he's getting a huge workload. So uh, that keeps him in that RB two range, uh, especially in PPR where he's getting those short targets. Um, and then DJ shark, 
Oh man, another big night. <laughs> yes, thank you. Uh, he had another big night against the Titans here. Uh, he burned Malcolm Butler on that touchdown. Um, but just something to note, as you said, with Westbrook, uh, Sharks still had just five targets to Westbrook's nine. So still going to be a boomer bust flex play that I would fade this week. Um, but certainly uh, he seems to be the best fantasy option among the Jaguars wideouts. And then finally, uh, James O'Shaughnessy got a touchdown against Tennessee, but uh, you know, you're not going to really rely on him here. I'm not going to rush to the waiver wire, but I will mention in deeper leagues, he's not a terrible streaming tight end play, just given that that's the best way to attack this strong Denver pass rush and pass defense uh, rather than outside against the cornerbacks. All right. Uh, Denver gets another tough challenge for their offense. Uh, and I'm going to continue to avoid them versus Jacksonville. Lindsey and Freeman again split the running back work with Lindsey looking like he had a much better day with two touchdowns, but uh, Lin- uh, Freeman did have one called back. Both are running back three options for me versus Jacksonville. After a great season start, Han- Sanders was held to two catches, four targets, and 10 yards, and Sutton continues to progress, 5'8 for 87. And on another team, this kid might creep into wide receiver one territory conversation, but against Jalen Ramsey, he is a non start. I don't see a ton of upside for sanders either yeah but uh, at the same time that's what we said from against the tough bears defense and he really came through so i don't know that you can bench sanders at this point i still have him as a low-end wide receiver too this week um as you said sutton's gonna have a tough matchup as well Uh, he's just a low-end flex play as are both of the running backs here uh you know they gashed that green bay run defense but jacksonville's a different story here even though the broncos are playing at home and um you know of course the only reason this might change is because uh jalen ramsey uh the it came out that he wanted to be traded last week uh but that didn't happen uh but there is a chance that he could be traded by this weekend in which case i would like both sanders and Sutton uh much more uh just uh quick update he did quote unquote not practice because he had the flu today um Mm. i will take the broncos here at home in a defensive showdown uh much like i took them at home against the bears in week two that didn't work out uh and it wouldn't surprise me if the Jaguars stole one here by a field goal or something they came very close to beating houston but uh, i will still take denver von miller sack fumble touchdown denver although i will say what (sighs) How crazy is the hype going to be on Minshew if they beat Denver this week? Not that crazy. Denver stinks on offense. Yeah, it, it, you know we haven't really talked, but real football. It, I mean, I'm honestly, that like Big Fangio's defense is so bad this year. Yeah, I mean. He's got to adjust. I think it's the climate. I, I think at that age, the lack of oxygen up in those up in the mountains really starts to affect you. I don't know what it is, but uh, yeah, all those people touting Denver as a good fantasy defense, uh, myself included, uh, don't get me wrong, just uh, stunning. I don't know. (laughs) Sunday night football, Dallas at New Orleans. Dallas finished up Miami in steady fashion, and now they get a a bit of a challenge to New Orleans defense on the road. Dak remains a quarterback one with this offense operating at full go, even adding a rushing touchdown this week. Zeke's an auto start. Cooper's an auto start. Witten has a decent tight end floor of seven to eight plus points. Gallup will likely remain out this week, but he must be owned if he's dropped anywhere. Um, Devin Smith and Randall Cobb Cobb missed on a uh, really nice, would have been a long touchdown, but did not connect on that. Uh, They're deep shots in deep leagues. 
Yeah, my DraftKings lineups weep from that uh, missed opportunity for Devin Smith. But uh, we're moving on this week. Um, yeah, not a whole lot to say here. I will say that along with the Broncos defense, another thing that I was wrong on was Amari Cooper. I thought he was going to be more boom or bust. Uh, maybe he still will be, but it's seeming like he's getting a huge target share. Going to be a wide receiver one. Certainly have him as such this week against uh Saints secondary that just absolutely got dominated by Russell Wilson and Tyler Lockett. Yeah, that's a tough matchup. Oh, was that all you got? Oh, yeah, that's all I got. So let's oh, move on to the... <laughs> no, the you're good. It's the Teddy Bridgewater-led Saints. Experiment. The Teddy Bridgewater experiment got the win behind two big special team and defensive scores, but he was workable in his own right. Uh, Sean Payton did not ask him to do too much, and the offense was fine. Alvin Kamara kept on trucking, 16 carries, 69 yards, and a touchdown, plus nine for 92 and a touchdown through the air. Latavius Murray has no standalone value now. Michael Thomas saw five of seven, 54 and a touchdown, and we should try this offense under Sean Payton, at least for those two guys. Uh, I would not touch Cook anymore, and certainly not Smith or Ginn. I wouldn't give Teddy Bridgewater too much credit just yet. Those two touchdowns, the one was that pass to Kamara, who really did all the work, uh, certainly put on the backpack for them this week. Um, and then the other was a screen to Michael Thomas after a, I think it was a big Kamara run that caught them down to the one-yard line. So, um, you know, Bridgewater was serviceable. Like I said, didn't turn the ball over to get them the win, but, uh, really it's Camara here. Um, well, really it's Camara and Thomas here. And, uh, uh, like you said, you're not, you're not really starting anybody else. Um, th- this will be an interesting one, uh, on the road in the Superdome though, I- I'll still take Dallas. I, th- I think it's me close, but give me the Cowboys. Yeah, this was the toughest call for me here. Uh, I'm essentially picking against the uh, the backup quarterbacks almost across the board this week. Yeah, although we saw that that doesn't always work out. No, no, sir. Monday night football, exciting AFC North showdown, allegedly. Cincinnati at Pittsburgh. Cincinnati lost a close one on the road, ending with an interception to the Buffalo defense. John Ross came back to earth, converting only two of six targets. He will be a gutsy risk-reward flex on Monday night. Could be an exciting way to win or lose your week for you. Tyler Boyd's a back-end wide receiver, two or solid wide receiver, three this week, with Pittsburgh recently trading to create a very solid uh, cornerback core with Minka Fitzpatrick. Uh, Mixon was held 15 uh, with uh, 15 carries, 61 yards with two catches, 34 yards and a touchdown. And the continued work keeps him a good upside running back two, maybe back end running back one option. Yeah. The last game you said that that was your toughest pick of the week. Uh, that was my second toughest with this game actually being my toughest. Um, okay. I don't know how good or bad the Steelers defense really is. They, you know, they got burned by Brady and Wilson the first two weeks. Um, but most defenses would, right. uh, and then they had two interceptions and three fumbles against the Niners, but those were really all just, you know, the Niners shooting themselves in the foot, um, more, more their own mistakes, maybe one forced fumble, but the rest were just shoddy play. Uh, I don't hate Dalton as a streaming quarterback here. Uh, I'm not that scared of the Steelers defense, even with Fitzpatrick. Um, And I'm not that scared for Tyler Boyd or John Ross or Joe Mixon. As you said, I still like Mixon as a running back too here. Um, And both Boyd and Ross as mid-range flex plays. If you're desperate, 
CJ Uzama or Tyler Eifert score a touchdown, but uh, good luck guessing who it's going to be. Mason Rudolph got off to an ugly start, but he's surrounded with talent. Since his defense will not put up much struggle against those talented players. James Conner is a running back two now. Juju will be a back end wide receiver one. He saved his own day with a really big touchdown. Vance McDonald only saw two targets before leaving with a shoulder injury. I'd avoid most of these guys until Rudolph's games catch up uh, until Rudolph's game and vision catches up with the NFL speed. He is not looking great so far. Right. And, and much like I said, for the other side, I don't know what to expect from the Steelers offense either, because Rudolph looked really bad, struggled against a Niners defense that's improving, but is hardly elite. Um, I would expect Pittsburgh to run the ball more here to help Rudolph as they tried to do against San Francisco. Uh, I like Connor as a high end running back too, despite that awful start and the fumble. Uh, oh, not to get too much into my own team, but that fumble was also a reason that I lost against that Antonio Brown started team. Uh, so not, not particularly pleased with Mr. Connor right now, but, uh, I'll, I'll go back to him this week. I do still like him. Uh, as you said, uh, Juju Smith Schuster got that long touchdown really on his own. Um, he's talented enough to do that again, but I wouldn't necessarily expect it. Uh, the more encouraging thing is that Smith Schuster had a heavy target share, and that should keep him as a low end wide receiver one in this game. Um, Vance McDonald with that shoulder injury, it sounds like he may be out. Uh, and honestly, if he's out for more than a couple games, I don't think he needs to be owned at this point, uh, given the state of the Steelers offense. Um, a couple notes on the other guys. Deontay Johnson, just a low-end flex play, but worth monitoring or even adding in deeper leagues as he was second in targets against the Niners with nine targets behind only Juju's 12. And then, uh, not really sure what to make of this, Jalen Samuels only played a few snaps against San Francisco, had one target in the pass game, uh, whereas Benny Snell, the rookie, got three carries. So, not sure why that is. Uh, I don't think we've heard any reports of an injury, but definitely something in mind if you own James Conner, if he happens to miss time. Uh, like I said, this was my toughest game to pick this week, but I, I think I'm going to take Cincinnati on the road. Am I crazy? No, you're not crazy. It's it's close, but uh, I'm taking Pittsburgh. I'm essentially picking Mike Tomlin over the uh, rookie head coach, Zach Taylor. Okay, fair enough. Teams on a bye, too. This is your first, uh, first bye week. Uh, New York Jets. The Jets lost in tremendous fashion to the Patriots. No bright points on this offense. Uh, pick up Chris Herndon, if you dare, and... Um, Sam Darnold continues to heal from uh, from his mono and San Francisco. Jeff Wilson steals two more touchdowns. Pettis muddies the receiving waters with two catches. Something about this offense just keeps everyone difficult to start outside of George Kittle. Yep, and then moving on to the injury section here. Cam Newton with that midfoot sprain. Uh, he's out for this week, but it sounds like he'll be back in week five. The good news is that Kyle Allen was adequate in subbing in. So McCaffrey, Moore... Uh, Samuel and Olsen owners shouldn't be too worried this week. And then Sam Darnold uh, with that mono. Uh, sounds like he's going to be back after week five. Um, and then uh, Drew Brees with the thumb surgery. It sounds like he's going to be out until week 10 uh, or so at the earliest. 
That'll take us to our running back, Saquon Barkley, with that unfortunate high ankle sprain, likely out four to eight weeks, somewhere in there. It usually takes players about four weeks minimum to recovery from the high ankle sprain, as we're seeing with Tevin Coleman still out from week one. Even though Barkley seems superhuman at times, expect the Giants to be careful not rushing their franchise running back too soon. Damian Williams with the right, right knee contusion, questionable for this week. Andy Reid said he was not concerned after the injury, but Williams missed week three. Clearly, his optimism does not count for all that much. Unless, unless Williams practices in full later this week, he's probably out again. LaShawn McCoy with the ankle injury also sounds minor. McCoy looked very good versus Baltimore, but then left the game after re-aggravating the ankle injury from week two. It does not sound good, but we'll see if he practices later this week. Daryl Williams got the bulk of the work after McCoy left, but he and Thompson would both be flex plays if Damian and LaShawn are both out. Ito Smith questionable with concussion. Every player is different when it comes to concussion recovery, so we'll have to see the speed he progresses through pr- protocol this week, but he's likely not started in most leagues. Devontae Freeman could see another heavy workload if Smith is out. Rashad Penny and his hamstring injury questionable for this week. Penny hurt his hamstring last week and is still questionable. CJ Procise played fine in the loss, but Penny's role is likely secure given the first round draft pick Seattle spent on him last year. Monitor the practice reports this week on Penny. Devin Singletary and his hamstring likely out this week. Singletary hurt his hamstring week two and is probably still a couple of weeks away given the nature of the injury. And Tevin Holman, like we said with the high ankle sprain, could return this week, muddying the waters even further. He hurt his ankle week one, could be ready. Monitor this team for updates. Yeah, certainly a lot of value in that Niners backfield for whoever is starting. Um, moving on to the wide receivers here, we've got T.Y. Hilton with that aggravated quad injury likely out this week. Um, after he left the game against Atlanta, it did not look good with the ice on his leg. It sounds like this is going to be a multi-week recovery. It's probably out for at least two to three weeks, and the Colts might even want to be sure with him and hold him out uh, with their bye in week six. So he may be out till week seven here. Julian Edelman with a rib injury. Um, he's questionable but likely to play. He left that game against the Jets, but the x-rays did come back negative, so he should be fine, though he may wear a wrap or something and get a little bit more limited usage. Tyrell Williams with the hip injury, he's probable for this week. Uh, we had some concern with him last week, but he played through and looked all right, even catching that garbage time touchdown. Uh, the Colts secondary isn't a great matchup this week, but he shouldn't be too limited by the hip. Deshaun Jackson and Alshon Jeffrey, uh, Jackson with the groin injury and Jeffrey with the calf injury. Both of them missed week three. Uh, These soft tissue muscle injuries are hard to predict. Monitor the practice reports, though it sounds like Jeffrey is more likely to, to return this week than Deshaun Jackson is. We've got Michael Gallup with that meniscus surgery. He's expected to return in week five. Uh, Tyreek Hill with the shoulder dislocation, uh, expected return in week six or seven. And then A.J. Green, still recovering from that ankle injury, expected to return in week six or seven at the earliest. As for our tight ends, Mark Andrews with the foot injury, likely to play this week. He's been playing through this a couple of weeks now, but the question is how effective will he be? We're not sure if it was the injury or the weather or just a tough matchup that limited his production with Kansas City, but this is something to keep monitored. Uh, Vance McDonald, shoulder injury, questionable for this week. He's been banged up a lot in the past, and if there are updates later this week that he'll miss multiple weeks, McDonald can be dropped. Cincinnati is an okay matchup on Monday night, but after that, Pittsburgh plays tough Baltimore and Chargers defense and then has their bye week. Given how this Pittsburgh offense looked with Rudolph, you probably don't want to start them anyway until their week eight game versus Miami. 
Yep, and then moving on to our waiver wire section. First up is Jacoby Brissett, 19% owned in ESPN leagues, 20% Yahoo. Uh, this Colts team is set up to succeed, and this Raiders secondary is mediocre at best. Even without T.Y. Hilton, Brissett should be a great high-end QB2 this week. Case Keenum, 10% owned in ESPN, 16% owned in Yahoo. Uh, this Giants defense is still a bottom five unit. Made Jameis Winston look like Pat Mahomes. Keenum has been surprisingly good this season, and if he's still alive after uh, his matchup against the Bears tonight, he should be a decent streaming option. Andy Dalton, 18% owned in ESPN, 32% owned in Yahoo. Dalton's played fairly well, despite two interceptions against the tough Bills defense. Uh, Pittsburgh has forced five turnovers against San Francisco, but a lot of that was self-inflicted. So Dalton's still a risk-reward QB2 for this week. And we talked a little bit about Matthew Stafford as well. 38% owned in ESPN, 51% in Yahoo. Detroit has been hit or miss on offense, but with Kansas City in town, Stafford will likely need to air it out to keep up with Mahomes and company, leading to a decent fantasy day. A lot of possibilities here on the running back side of things. Uh, Chris Thompson, 53% owned in ESPN, 44 in Yahoo. Peterson is the highest owned Washington running back, despite the fact that Thompson has much more upside in PPR formats. Thompson might be forgotten about after low production and a tough matchup tonight versus Chicago, but he's flex-worthy in PPR rest of season with Geis out. Justin Jackson, 34 in ESPN, 29 in Yahoo. Eckler is still the starter, but Jackson's workload has ramped up over the last couple of weeks, with Eckler taking 48 snaps first Houston and Jackson 32. Jackson also had another touchdown called back via penalty this week, his second of this season. If the Chargers get a big versus Miami, Jackson could see significant workload in the second half and be a flex play with upside. Rest of season, he's also a flex with a big handcuff upside. Daryl Williams, 3% in ESPN, 7 in Yahoo. Darwin Thompson, 28 ESPN, 31 Yahoo. Thompson had the more preseason hype, but Williams saw more snaps after LaShawn McCoy left the game versus Baltimore after aggravating his ankle injury. If both Damian Williams and McCoy miss week four, Daryl Williams would be a low-end running back two, and Thompson a flex with upside. Darwin Thompson. Wayne Gallman, 1% owned in ESPN, 6% Yahoo. As mentioned during our preview of the Giants game, we would recommend not bidding much on Gallman unless you're desperate for running back help and bins this week. Gallman is a flex versus Washington, but will face tough matchups versus Minnesota and New England after that. Jordan Howard, 59% in ESPN, 55% in Yahoo. Sanders is the lead back in Philly, but Howard is still getting plenty of work. Green Bay's defense is much improved, but better at stopping the pass than the run. They've now given up three rushing touchdowns in the last two games, and Howard is a viable flex option this week if he can score. Tevin Coleman's about 66% across the board. We usually only mention players owning less than 50% of leagues, but here's another guy worth mentioning. Both Mostert and Breida ran well, but Mostert lost a fumbled. Breida tipped a catchable pass into a defender for one of Garoppolo's interceptions. Mustard and Breida are not locked in starters. And when Coleman returns from his high ankle sprain, he still has a good chance to contribute in the San Francisco backfield that's efficient for fantasy scoring, especially given Breida's injury history as well. Brian Hill, unowned. Hill is only worth considering in deep leagues, but ran well in the preseason. And if Ito Smith is out week four with concussion, Hill could step into that 1D role for the Atlanta backfield. Jalen Samuels and Benny Snell. Samuels 28 and 45 in Yahoo. Benny Snell near unowned across the board. Worth noting that Snell outsnapped and outtouched Samuels versus San Francisco. So just something to monitor going forward if you own James Conner. And then those uh, those handcuff options. Tony Pollard, 19% ESPN, 18% 
percent in Yahoo. Gus Edwards four percent. Chase Edwards three percent. None of these backups are must holds, depending on how many teams and bench spots your league has, as we mentioned during last week's waiver wire ads. But all likely see significant work in the event of an injury to the starters in front of them with high fantasy upside. We saw firsthand Tony Pollard's potential as he uh, took over for Zeke in this Miami game this week, putting up some pretty decent stats. Oh, yeah. And then at wide receiver, we've got DJ Shark. There we go. Uh, 41% owned across the board. Westbrook has been underperforming, but still getting a lot of targets. But it seems like the connection uh, is with DJ Shark. So as his uh, as Minshew's go to guy, Shark is a weekly wide receiver three with upside. Michael Hardman, 45% owned in ESPN, 49% in Yahoo. Hardman's a boomer bust wide receiver three with weekly wide receiver one upside in this Kansas City offense. Uh, depending on your options, he's a great wide receiver flex play again this week. Nelson Aguilar, 46% owned in ESPN, 54% Yahoo. Aguilar's getting a ton of work uh, with both Jackson and Jeffrey banged up. As long as one or both of those guys is out, uh, Aguilar is a risk-reward wide receiver three. He's been inconsistent, but he's got touchdown upside, even in a tough matchup at Lambeau. Marquez Valdez-Scanling, got it right this time. 39% owned in ESPN, uh, 52% owned in Yahoo. Uh, MVS is just a high-variance wide receiver three or flex option, but this week against the vulnerable Eagles secondary, he's got huge upside if you got to fill in at wide receiver. And then finally, Deontay Johnson, 2% owned in ESPN, 4% Yahoo. A lot is still up in the air for the Steelers offense, but Johnson was second in targets against the Niners uh, behind only Juju Smith-Schuster. If Mason Rudolph can even be competent, then Johnson can have fantasy value, especially in deeper leagues, uh, if Rudolph can improve over the course of the season. A few options at tight end are available for you, Andrews and McDonald drafters. Uh, Will Disley, 24% in ESPN, 45 in Yahoo. Another game, another touchdown for Will Disley, even though it came in garbage time on the last play of the game. Despite that, Arizona has given up five touchdowns to opposing tight ends over the span of three games and just gave up two scores to Greg Olson. Disley is a great upside play versus an Arizona defense, giving up the most fantasy points to opposing tight ends. Eric Ebron, 46% in ESPN, 65% owned in Yahoo. Yes, Ebron is splitting targets with Jack Doyle, but Ebron's targets are more valuable in fantasy with a higher average depth of target as well in the red zone. With T.Y. Hilton questionable with a quad injury, both tight ends may get more involved in the passing game this week versus an Oakland secondary that gave up over 100 yards and a touchdown to Travis Kelsey two weeks ago. Dawson Knox, unowned. If you're desperate, Knox was a highly touted rookie out of Mississippi before getting hurt during training camp. If he can establish himself as the number one tight end in Buffalo with Tyler Croft out with his ankle injury, he could become Allen's secondary target behind John Brown and provide fantasy relevance. Chris Herndon, 7% ESPN, 12% Yahoo. The, the Jets offense has been struggling without Sam Darnold, but he's expected back after the bye, and Herndon should be a great target to complement Anderson and Crowder. He showed chemistry with Darnold last year and should be a serviceable at least, given the lack of tight end options out there right now if you're looking ahead. Ben Watson, 2% ESPN, 1% Yahoo. Like Herndon, if you don't need help this week, but more rest of seasons, season, Watson could have a decent-sized role in New York, New England offense with Antonio Brown cut and Julian Edelman and Josh Gordon both playing through injuries. Watson is a streaming option and a good offense with top five upside if Edelman or Gordon were to miss time. 
And at the defense, uh, Denver, 29% owned in ESPN, 35% owned in Yahoo. I have no idea what's going on with that Broncos defense. Uh, <laughs> on paper, they've got talent in the secondary and a great pass rush. And paired with Vic Fangio, then this should be an elite defense. And yet it has not. Uh, it's been far from that. And it's a gamble this week. But at home against a rookie quarterback uh, is a decent bet. Houston, uh, 36% owned in ESPN, 51% owned in Yahoo. That secondary is still vulnerable, but a good run defense paired with a good pass rush still amounts to a decent fantasy showing. Uh, they should have plenty of sack opportunities against the middling Carolina offensive line, uh, and uh, it'll be a tougher test for Kyle Allen than Arizona was. The Green Bay defense, 59% owned in ESPN, 71% owned in Yahoo. Again, a little bit higher ownership percentages, but worth mentioning just because they've been very good to start the season. Um, should be fine at home against the Eagles, especially if Wentz is still missing uh, one uh, or more of his wide receivers. And honestly, the Packers defense is in consideration to hold rest of the season if they can be adequate on the road uh, week five against Dallas. We'll see. That'll be a big test for them. Agreed. As for our kickers, Joey Sly, 22% ESPN, 51% owned in Yahoo. We talked about Sly last week, and he came through versus Arizona. He's playing, a get, uh, he's playing great in Graham Gano's absence, and he should see plenty of field goal opportunities versus an, an iffy Houston secondary, regardless of whether Cam Newton or Kyle Allen starts a quarterback. And Zane Gonzalez, the other side of that game this week. Gonzalez has been great to start the season. Sorry. Uh, 27% owned in ESPN and 13% in Yahoo. He's been great to start the season. This Arizona offense is moving the ball, but struggling in the red zone, which has led to a lot of field goal attempts. That could happen again this week at home versus a vulnerable Seattle defense. And Adam Vinatieri seemed to have gotten his mojo back against Atlanta, but he's still a risky gamble given how his first two weeks went. He'll probably get a random drug test from the NFL this week if you've got the drift. If you're desperate, he, uh, he could be back to normal, but it's not a gamble i'd take certainly not uh, again <laughs> just uh, why gamble on vinatieri when there's so many other kicking options um, right. hopefully uh none of you will have bad beats this week uh, but uh, that's part of the game so that's right uh, if you are missing saquon barkley or ty hilton or whoever there are plenty of options on the waiver wire or as we said there are plenty of trade targets um Always be looking forward to next week, I guess. And uh, we always look forward to providing you guys with the best info we got. As always, you can follow us on Twitter as well. I am at FFA underscore Mung. That's M-A-N-G. And I'm at FFA underscore Los. That's L-O-S. And, of course, our super producer, Dan, at FFA underscore Dan, D-A-N, Dan. Go ahead and give him a hard time about missing the podcast this week. Uh, tell him how good the boys did without him. Oh, boy. Uh, of course, we're available on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Whether you're listening to us on your computer or your mobile device, go ahead and click subscribe. And first thing tomorrow morning, you will have something to enjoy on your way to work. Yep. Uh, best of luck in week four. And as always, it's a fantasy world and we're all just addicts in it. Thanks, addicts. Planning on traveling this summer? Make saving at the pump part of your plans with two times the fuel points from Harris Teeter. It's easy. Download your eVic coupon and for every dollar you spend with your Vic card, you'll get two fuel points. That's up to $1 per gallon on quality fuel at participating BP and Harris Teeter fuel centers. Download your eVic coupon today and save money at the pump all summer long with eVic and Harris Teeter fuel points.
Karen is the proven expert in addiction treatment. A recent independent study showed that 94% of Karen patients were still in recovery 90 days post-treatment. Visit CARON.org slash real. Karen, real results, real care, real about recovery.